Good evening. How's everybody tonight? Great. We're going to sing a song and then we'll get started. We're going to get started singing a song. So if you want to stand with us, uh, we don't have the words, so you know the song. It's fine. seated. 
right, well, good evening, good afternoon to everyone. Uh, how many of you had a great upward season? I did. <laughs> so it's end of the season always brings, you know, a little bit of sadness, a little bit of joy, because, uh, you know, we're, <laughs> we're free for a while. We can not have to work, not have to make sure we're here all the time and everything's in the row, but uh, our ducks are in a row. But, but we, that's not too long we start thinking about soccer in the future. So uh, last year, obviously, we got cut short. We got one game in, and it was, it was disappointing. This year, I wanted to go bigger. Uh, so at the end of the season, I tried to try to go big at the end, and uh, I thought, who, who could I get as a speaker that would be able to go big? And I thought of a man I had heard at an apologetics conference 10 years ago in Orlando, Florida. A lot of great speakers there. He was my favorite, Carl Kirby. I, I, I went to his website and put an inquiry in about, you know, were you, were you available on this date? And he was, and it all worked out. And the Lord brought him here, and we're very thankful. He has a message for this generation. He, I think he has a, uh, a unique way to speak to this younger generation today. So we heard a little bit of that this morning. Uh, very, very enjoyed, very challenged. He's going to bring a couple of his messages today. So, Carl, come on up, brother. Good afternoon. That was lame. Good afternoon. Yeah. Um, the reason I was his favorite speaker, there was only three other speakers, and they were like really bad. So uh, it was a, it was a good time. Uh, thank you all for letting me be with you. I really genuinely enjoyed uh, the the time with the men this morning. But flying out of here in a helicopter, I can't I can't lie about that. That was actually kind of cool. You know, <laughs> like. See, I gotta go catch my helicopter here. Uh, that doesn't normally happen, all right? That doesn't normally happen. Uh, for time, man, I'm gonna just get running into this. By the way, before I do get into this a little bit, uh, I wanna make you guys aware of something. I think I got four spots left. I like application to my faith, all right? Mature generation, I mean no disrespect to you, but I was raised in a system that taught me what to think and not how to think. And then when I got saved at the age of 26, it was like, man, I need more than just ritual rote thing. I want to know how these things work. I am just that kind of a guy. I get, if I could take it apart and put it back together, then I got it, right? So I like real world. I take people through zoo tours, museum tours. That's, that's, to me, that's amazing. That's amazing ministry. Well, one thing that I also do are dinosaur digs. Because um, we go out and you're going to dig dinosaur bones. Then you're going to go back, you're going to clean them up, put them back together. You leave with what you found unless it's really valuable, then you don't get to keep it. Uh, but that's reality, okay? Uh, but uh, I, got, I think I got four spots left. It's July 69, Glendive, Montana. And I just encourage you, if you want to do something like that with me, get some information. If you don't want to do it with me, that's cool too. I'll put you in touch with the people. You can go do it with just them. If you just want to take your family out there, they'll work with you. But I would highly encourage it because when you see for yourself the conditions, the rocks literally cry out that God did what he said that he did the way that he said that he did it. The, 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 the evidence is just so clear. It's so clear. That's why I want you to see it for yourself. But tonight we're dealing with, well, I wanted to give you this too. Any senior high school students, seniors, juniors, two. All right. Then let me just make you aware. If, if, if you're interested, I teach a class, college class. You get college credit. It's transferable. It's in Des Moines, uh, Ankeny, Iowa, right outside of Des Moines, and uh, Faith Baptist Bible College. I love them. I, I mean, I'm not a, I, I don't promote stuff unless I firmly believe it, and I love what these guys are doing. And it's uh, creation apologetics. It's intense. 
We, we go through things. On day five, the fifth day, we're going to take him on a field trip to the Omaha Zoo and teach him how to use the zoo as a ministry. So there's just something to be aware of. But tonight, we're talking about this topic that I think is pretty applicable to this culture. You ever hear this claim that uh, there is no truth, you got your truth, we got my truth, we all got our own truth? Ever, anybody hear that? No? Oh, you have? I thought maybe here in Georgia where it's nice, conservative, you don't have that kind of thing going on. Well, I got to tell you, this is probably one of the number one things that I get when working with younger generation. Well, that's just your truth. So, is that a true statement? Let's address it. I'm going to start off in the scripture here because that's always the best place to start off. And John 1:14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glories of the only Father. I'm sorry, only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When you read scripture, there's truth, and that's important or not? Well, I think it is important. Let me let me show you some st- uh, statistics that I ran across that I just found very interesting. A book entitled "The Day America Told the Truth." They did research. And what they found is 91%, 92%, 98% of adults do what? Lie regularly, lie to save face, and lie not to offend people. That's a lot of lying. How about the younger generation, uh, the middle and uh, junior, or the high schoolers? Uh, 92%, 73%, 91%, what do they do? They lie to uh, parents each week, say they lie weekly, and are satisfied with their character. That's a lot of lying. You know, I, there's a TV show that... Uh, I find interesting, I haven't seen a bunch of it, I'll be honest with you, but I saw a few episodes, and there's a phrase that this guy uses over and over again that I thought I'd share with you. It's a show called House. Anybody ever see that? The doctor, House, atheist, really nasty towards uh, God and that sort of a thing. He makes a statement over and over again that I want to share with you, and we'll work off of it. It's a basic truth of the human condition that everybody lies. The only variable is about what. So, if we got all this lying going on, does truth matter? Well, let me give you an example that I think will show that it does. I want you to imagine that you're riding your bike home one night, when you were young enough to do that sort of a thing, and you're, uh, you're pulled over by the police. He takes your backpack. He finds a zip baggie in your uh, backpack that's got a white powdered substance in there. He says it's drugs, you say it's not drugs. He says it's drugs, you say it's not drugs. He tests it, it's drugs. You go to the worst jail in Oklahoma. You can't get out, you don't have the money to get out. You're in there for months. And finally, in order to get out of jail, you plead guilty to go to prison because the jail's so bad. They give you 15 years. And then they test the substance again and it wasn't drugs. Do you think truth mattered to that man? It was 15 years of his life that he was gonna go. You better believe it matters. You see, truth does matter, and we know it, but we will play games with words. You know, uh, I think one of the best examples is in John 18, 36 to 38, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read this to you. I'm gonna show you one of our, I, I understand as I was leaving the men's breakfast today, a couple of the men told me that you guys have seen a lot of the debunked videos. Okay, so hopefully you may have seen this one, but uh, for those of you that, who has not seen a debunked video? Okay, so a number of you have not, so good, that makes me feel a little better, at least half of you. We take on topics that I get. When I go speak to the younger generation, I have them turning cards with their questions. And that's what I go after. 
Well, one of the claims that we go after is there is no truth. They're animated, they're fast-paced, so put your seatbelt on because I'm going to pick up the pace just a hair and we're going to address that claim. A telling thing happened a while back when Jesus was standing in front of Pontius Pilate. It's right here in the Bible, John 18, 36. Jesus says to him, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Now, Pilate says this, wait for it. He says, what is truth? Shabam, there it is, the big kahuna, the spicy enchilada, the fizzy lifting drink, the question of the ages, and it's not much different today, which is why you hear claims like, it's true for you, but not for me, or there is no truth, or truth is relative, bro, or the ever so popular speak your truth. Now, these things all sound nice and sweetie sweet, but what in the world do they mean? Well, let's take it's true for you, but not for me. Now, in all honesty, doesn't the person who says this to you want you to believe what he's saying? He's assuming that his relativistic claim is universally true, right? Everything is relative, I guess, except his relativism. Now, if something can only be true for me, which it can't, then it doesn't apply to you or anyone else, so what's the point in saying it? But if it is true for everyone, then the claim is wrong, because it's only claiming to be true for me and not for you. Get it? Okay, maybe it's not clear right this second, but things that contradict themselves, like this claim, cannot be true. What about the claim there is no truth? Oh, yet another statement that demolishes itself by its own standard. After all, is that claim true? If so, it's wrong. If the claim is not true, then it's true that the statement there is no truth is not true, which means there is truth, which makes the claim false. Moving on to the popular speak your truth. I gotta ask you in all seriousness, is there really your truth and my truth? Truth is what is. It corresponds to reality. It's black and white, either or, fact kind of stuff, right? Tiny Tammy tossed the toy pterodactyl tenderly into the Thames that Tuesday, or she didn't. It's pretty simple, really. Truth is truth, and it doesn't change with the pronoun. Now, you might disagree and throw your hands up in objection, that is, until, of course, you are on the receiving end of a lie. I'm sorry, somebody else's truth that contradicts reality. Let's say you deposited $100 into the bank yesterday, but the banker's truth is that you didn't. Your sweet hundo, gone. Oh no. Let's say you got every answer on every test right, but the teacher's truth is that you flunked the whole grade. Now you have to repeat it. Your summer, gone. See, I think you get it. And I think you'd be fighting pretty hard for the truth, you know, the thing that corresponds to reality in those specific scenarios, because lies, I'm sorry, other people's truths that aren't true have huge consequences. Relativism is not only flawed, it's unlivable and unsustainable. And let's be honest, nobody wants a relative answer when they ask a real question, especially if it's directions to a gas station when you have to go to the bathroom. But wait a second, what if I say, my favorite candy is M&M's and you say your favorite candy is Snickers? See, what's true for me is not true for you in that sense, right? Well, actually, wrong. See, I'm saying it's true that my favorite candy is M&M's, and you are saying it's true that your favorite candy is Snickers. We're simply stating the truth about our preferences. Now, you gotta watch out for preferences, beliefs, and opinions trying to sneak their way into truth's exclusive club. After all, you can prefer that you have a blue hat when you only have a white one, but it doesn't change the facts. You can believe the moon is made out of cheese, but it doesn't make it true. And it might be your opinion that five plus five is actually 13, but you'd be wrong. See, tricky word games don't change the truth. They get you nowhere, as Double Dubs would say, you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. But what about morality? Ah, that's the big one. One person thinks it's wrong to commit adultery, and another thinks it's not. So the one might say, I'm glad you have your truth, baby, but it doesn't work for me. First of all, what you think about the truth doesn't change it. A thing is either true or not, even moral duties and obligations. Second, truth is not dependent on the subject, that is you or me. It's objective. 
So whether it works for us or not doesn't change what's actually true. Third, since these two claims are in direct opposition to one another, only one can be true. This is the irrefutable, unstoppable, unbreakable, incontrovertible law of non-contradiction smashing through the nonsensical, irrational, and weak wall of hocus-pocus relativism. And curiously, here we are today right where Pilate was. Having to deal with the one who calls himself the way, the truth, and the life, claiming that no one gets to the Father, that is God, except through him. That's either true or it's not. And we can either deal with it head on or we can, like Pilate and like Romans declares, suppress the truth and unrighteousness, which leads us to make claims like, what's true for you is not for me. Truth is relative. There is no truth, etc., etc., all of which heretofore have been debunked. Adios. I wish you could see the looks on your faces sometimes. It's really good. You put those out there, it's like, what? What just happened? Way too much information. Yep, intentionally so. Uh, but was it done well enough that you'd watch it again to glean a little bit more information from it? Good, one person. Good, I'm doing better. Um, was it done well enough that you're in a conversation with somebody and they make the statement that, well, that's your truth? You say, hey, I got a video that talks about truth. Can I show it to you? And you'd be willing to show it and not be embarrassed, would you? Oh, good, I got that same guy. Uh, if I give it to you for free, would you take it? How many of you in here have a smartphone? Anybody? I'm shocked, hands didn't go up. Um, take it out, it's okay. Take your smartphone out, you're gonna send a message. This is what it looks like on a Mac, on an iPhone, I should say. You hit that little green message button, it's gonna take you to this tab. Then you hit the upper right-hand corner that's got the pencil and piece of paper, you hit that. And then you get to your messaging software and all you have to do is send to the recipient 51555, that's who you're sending this to. You send the simple message, adios, do not put a U in adios, A-D-I-O-S, adios space Noonan. When you do that, you're gonna get an immediate response back. You're gonna get a text back and it has that link right there. You have to hit that link and fill out the form that comes up. And when you do that, you're gonna get another message from us that has a link to all of the current debunked videos. It's got debunked TV, which are 28 minute programs. It'll have a link to 20-minute programs that flesh out those three-and-a-half-minute, four-minute videos because I want you to have tools. I know the arguments are fast. Well, here's a TV show that you can watch with your children and your grandchildren to work through them. All free. All free. And in the future, when the new ones get released, you get them before I release them to the general public. So please, take advantage of that stuff. They are tools that we want to put in your hand because we're talking about truth. What is truth? And that is... Shabam, not Shazam, Shazam's different. Shabam, that is the big kahuna, that is the spicy enchilada, that is the question of the ages. And by the way, did you catch the fizzy lifting drink reference? You guys catch that? Yeah, Willy Wonka, still good, okay. Uh, that is the question of the ages. And so in order to deal with it, I'm a, I'm a weird one. I'm all about words. What do words mean? I got saved, let me give you an illustration. I got saved in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hello? Anybody concerned? Because you know there are people that claim to be Christian that go to a church of Jesus Christ and use the same terminology, but it's not the same Jesus Christ. Words have meaning. So you better know what the meaning of the word is. So I go to dictionaries a lot. And this is what you're going to find. Truth is being in accord with fact or reality or fidelity to an original or to a standard. So to cut to the chase, in order to know if you have truth or not, you need something that's called a standard referent. Now, if you're like me, you've never heard that term. I'd never heard it. 
What's a standard referent? So I went and I did some research. A standard referent is right here. In physical science, a common or standard referent is needed to begin the study of the physical universe. So you need something from which you can judge everything else to know if it is accurate or not. Now, I'm going to give you a simple illustration on this because uh, I'm a simple guy. Uh, and so let's just deal with it. Let's do with this. Okay, simple question. How tall am I? It's interaction time. Six foot. Nope, I'm actually much taller. Five nine, much taller. What's that? Six two, much taller. Six five, much taller. What's wrong? Oh, I'm in a church. I'm with a bunch of Christians. You guys, yeah. I'm actually 12 foot tall. You don't believe me. I can prove it to you. I can. Because you see, all I need to do is go over here and pull out my ruler. And when I measure myself, I'm 12 foot tall. What's wrong with that? It's not a standard foot. Uh, would you help me out, sir? Can you read that? Are all 12 inches on there? Yes. They're all on there. And by the way, notice in the bottom corner there, that's the seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a seal. Okay. So, yes, it's a standard ruler. What's wrong with that? It's a wrong standard. You close-minded, intolerant, bigoted, opinionated hick. You're trying to jam your ruler down my throat. By the way, parent and grandparent, you better believe that this is what your children and your grandchildren are getting when they get into the classroom with the professor who loves to get that Christian child in there to chew them up and spit them out. You're the problem. You're, the, you're trying to jam your, right? What's wrong with it? How are you going to prove me wrong? I gave you a definition for truth. I gave you an idea. What are you going to do? You're going to pull out your ruler, right? What makes this ruler right? Why? It's the standard. Why? Because you've been taught it? Because you believe it? Well, guess what? I can teach you for the rest of your life that this is a standard. Are you going to believe it? How are you going to know which ruler is right? Put an extra foot, right? See, I got a foot and a half foot right there. Boom, foot and a half. Boom, foot and a half. Perfect. How are we going to figure out which ruler is right, though? You don't think it matters? What if you're a person that uh, works and you get paid by the foot? Huh? 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 Am I getting some converts now? How do we determine what truth is? You need to do that standard reference. And by the way, I can use more than one method. I can prove to you that I'm 12 foot tall because when I stand next to a basketball rim, I mean... You see, unless you have all the information, you can get deceived. So how do we figure out which ruler is right? What is the standard reference? What is, what is that thing that we can judge these two rulers by? Well, guess what? There actually is such a thing. And all you need to do is quite simple. All you need to do is get on an airplane. Sing along. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's yeah, I know. I know that's Italy, but I like it anyway. So you go to Paris, and in Paris, they have a museum that has all the official leaders and the meters and the feet. And we can take our two rulers, and we go there. And by the way, if you don't want, don't want to go to France, I don't blame you. I didn't like it. I was glad to get out of there. 
nasty people, right? Baltimore, Hagerstown, right outside of Hagerstown, Maryland. You can go there and they have the National Institute of Standards and Technology. By the way, I wrote them because I used this illustration. I wrote them and said, how do I know that the, the, the ruler that I've got, how do I know that it's accurate? Dude wrote me a three-page response. He was so happy somebody cared. I'm not lying, man. I got a three-page response of him explaining this to me. This is how you can tell it. So I've simplified it because it was three pages. I'm not going to give you three pages. I'm just going to give you it. Easy. He, he said, okay, so I take you here, and they have, okay, can I hear you all go, ooh, like you're impressed, ooh. Thank you very much. You can go there, and they have the golden ruler. That was lame. That's like somebody ate some bad pizza, but we haven't even eaten pizza yet. Come on now. They have the golden ruler. Yes, yes, yes. We go there. We take our two rulers. We compare them to the standard referent. Which one is right? Because you believe it? Because you were trained it? Because you were taught it? No. Because when you compared it to the standard referent, it measured up. Now, let's take that and let me ask you a simple question, Christian. What's your standard reference? You see, we live in a world that's telling our children, teaching our children that the standard reference is what? What they feel, what they think, what feels good. You see, guys, if it's not the Word of God as a Christian, we got nothing. And Christian. If you don't think the world sees us saying Jesus with our lips and live like the world with our lives, they see it. It's called hypocrisy, one of the number one attacks against Christianity. If we're going to claim it, we need to live it. You see, I look at this. I look at, I look at Acts, and, uh, or I'm sorry, John 14, 6, and it says, As Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's either true or it's not. And if it is true, it should motivate us. It should motivate us to reach outside of our comfort zone, outside of our boundaries, to reach a generation that needs to know there's another way. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. All religions are the same. Come on, we've all heard that. Within the last two weeks, we have a group up in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We take 20-year-olds that we're training and teenagers. We take them out on the street. We do street evangelism. And this was the question that we asked. Do you believe that all religions are the same? We got it on video. Guys, of course. Yeah, I mean, because we don't want to condemn anybody. That's hateful. That's mean-spirited. Yeah, they all lead to the same place. I mean, come on. I mean, this is the same as Christianity. Look, all religions are like different cars, all moving in the same direction. People who don't see it have no light in their hearts. You see, you're the problem if you don't understand this. You can't see it because you're the problem. How about, how, about a, how about this one? Dalai Lama, all religions are the same. There is no conflict. This is something we must emphasize. We must consider the question of religious diversity from this viewpoint. And when we do, we find no conflict. Why must we consider this from that viewpoint? What if that viewpoint isn't right? I don't have to consider it from that viewpoint. We have to consider it from the standard referent. What measures up to truth and reality? How about this guy? Um, all religions are one. They teach a divine life. I respect saints and prophets of all religions. I respect all religions, all cults, all faiths, all creeds. I serve all, love all, mix with all, and see the Lord in all except that poor Bengal tiger that he's sitting on. All religions are the same. 
No, they're not. As a matter of fact, if you did that 51555 thing, you now have the link to the debunked videos. There's one up there, number 17, that was right before the one that we just released, Friday. It's up there. Please go and watch it. I'm not going to show it for you because of time, but please go watch it. If you've not seen it, I would encourage you to watch it because it addresses this claim. They are not the same. Just basic differences. So I'll illustrate it for you like this instead of going deep into it. Here's the rules. You're getting ready to go in and eat some pizza, and there's going to be these six substances that are on the table out there, and you need to put one of them on your pizza to make it taste better, okay? That's the rules. You've got to pick one. Ready? Let me hear you go, yeah. All right. Who picks number one? You're dead. All right. Yes, if you pick number one, you're dead. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to be good. That's arsenic. Number two. Number two. You're dead. Okay, uh, so yeah, that's not good. That's lead nitrate. Mm, you're dead. How about number three? Anybody? Number three? Okay, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. All right. We're killing them off quick here. All right. Hey, number four. Number four. Come on. We're getting down to 50. 50. You're already double dead now, bro. You're double dead. Okay. Uh, listen, forget about five. Let's go to six. Anybody going to choose six? Six? Yeah, am I trying to trick you? Yeah, you're dead. So the only one that you're not going to die is eat number five. But they're all white powdered substances. Just because something looks similar doesn't mean it's the same. And that's why we as Christians need to get in and know why we believe what we say we believe. There are major differences between every religion. There's only one that has the claims that Christianity has. They cannot all be right. They can all be wrong but they can't all be right. So you're going to have to make a decision. And if you're a Christian, you need to get in and know why you believe what you say you believe, because I'm just going to say this to you. All the other gods that I've looked at now for years, by the way, our next debunk coming out in May is, oh, Jesus is a copycat god. He's a ripoff of Horus and Dionysus and Mithra. Ever hear that? Christmas time, we get the memes. You know, Jesus ripped off Horus. He was born on December 25th, born of a virgin and all that. So was Mithra. Yeah. I can't argue with you. Mithra was born from a rock. Yeah, I don't think rocks have sex, so it probably was a virgin rock. You're telling me that that's the same as Jesus? Guys, if you don't know, you're going to get deceived because the world knows how to package things and make them look good when they're really bad. But let me put it to you like this. When you study the rest of those gods, I call them Hulk gods. You, you know what I mean by a Hulk god? Any Avengers fans in here? Any? Any? Okay. This is a, for the rest of you that don't know who Hulk is, come on, you're killing me here. This is a Hulk god. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Listen for the wheezing. Now, disclaimer time. I did not enjoy that. I am not advocating violence. Man, I've been chewed up and spit out on that one. Oh, you like that too much. You're advocating violence. I'm not advocating violence. It's a cartoon turned into a movie. Come on, it's not real. Hulk, come on. Well, maybe Hulk. But anyway, this, these are the gods when they're compared to Jesus. And if you're smarter than that and you're not going to do the Avengers, okay, okay. 
Fiddler on the Roof. Right? We got our erudite folks sitting up front, the rest of you Baptists in the back row. We got our smart guys up front going to watch Fiddler on the Roof. Milkman Tebye. I love this clip. I think it's money. He's right and he's right. They can't both be right. And the response to it is, he's right. <laughs> They're all three right. No. You see, they can't all be right. They can all be wrong, but they can't all be right. Now, let's take this one step further. Had a little fun with you here, but now let's get serious. I want you to imagine with me that after we eat our pizza here tonight, we're going to forget about the second session, and we're going to get on a Concorde jet and take us to Chicago, and we're going to get there in 30 minutes, and we're going to go do some street evangelism downtown Chicago. I've already got the signs made up for us, and they're waiting there. Anybody in with me? Never been on a Concord, pretty cool, right? So we get there, we go downtown Chicago, we put our sign out and we start doing street evangelism. What kind of a response do you think we're gonna get downtown Chicago? Good? Bad? What do you think? Bad, bad. why? Why would we get a bad response? Hello, this isn't Sunday school, this isn't church where you sit and stare. This is interaction time. Why would we get a bad response? What? It's a tough place. Anything else? You know what I'm alluding to. What's that? They're not going to want to listen, but what's really going to just tick them off? <laughs> Trump. But let me ask you a question. What about the teaching? You think they're going to get mad at the teaching? You think they're going to accept the teaching? No, they're not going to accept the teaching. Why? Because of the messenger. But let me ask you a question. Did he say that? And the answer is no, he didn't. Guess who did say it? What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. Let's change our sign now. Go downtown Chicago. You think we're going to get a good response? Here's the problem, church. We have been duped by the world to where we're judging content based on appearance. You can dislike me all you want. That's okay with me. But you better not take the content and disregard it because you don't like the message-er that's bringing it. We have got to get to the stage where we quit looking at exterior and look at content. Because if not, I'm telling you right now, Satan doesn't play fair and he knows how to package an ugly message and make it look really good. If you don't think so, turn the news on. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. We need to address that. Let me introduce you to some of the folks that she's had on her show speaking their truth. Miss Louise, you know what she teaches? She teaches that, anybody ever hear of the Holocaust? Anybody? Anybody? You've heard of that. Okay. She teaches that the people that went through the Holocaust, they went through the Holocaust, they suffered what they suffered because they did bad things in previous lives. How about this? Let's go to Miss Tina here. You know what? Or I'm sorry, Miss Rhonda. I cut Tina out. Miss Rhonda, you know what Miss Rhonda teaches? You want to be rich? Just think about money. Are you kidding me? There wouldn't be a poor person on this planet if that's all it took. But now let's take, because I'm going to tell you right now, Miss Oprah, I am not attacking her. 
But what we have to do, body of Christ, is we have to take what people say and compare it with the standard referent to see if it's lining up or not. All right? She is a powerful communicator. A powerful communicator. I, I mean, woo. It was a standing ovation. People were crying when she gave the speech. Let me show you just another snippet from it. And I just hope, I just hope that Reese Taylor died knowing that her truth, like the truth of so many other women who were tormented in those years, and even now tormented, goes marching on. People were in tears. Let me ask you a question. I'm about to make some of y'all mad. Who in here knows who Reese Taylor was? I didn't have a clue who she was. I had no clue, and I'm embarrassed to tell you that now. So I had to go look it up. Miss Reese Taylor, 1944, was walking home from church. Six white men pulled her into a car, took her out into the country, and abused her. We don't need to go there. When they got done, they brought her back into town, had a bag over her head, threw her out, said, if you tell anybody, we'll kill you and your family. She wasn't quiet. She went to the police. Eventually, one of the men confessed, turned the others in. The sheriff did nothing. The six men pooled together and came up with $100 each and gave to the husband and said, here you go. Isn't $600 enough to rape your wife? Not a one of those men ever faced any consequence. Not a one. Local wouldn't do anything. So what'd she do? She reached out to the ACLU. ACLU sent a lawyer. Lawyer's sitting in her room. They're talking about what they're going to do. One of the guys that did what he did was driving up and down the street in front trying to intimidate her. Eventually, the sheriff walks into her house. The sheriff comes into her house and says this to the lady, all right? None of them were arrested. I skipped all this stuff. Uh, the sheriff comes into her town and says, I don't want any troublemakers here in Abbeville. He said, if you don't go, I'll lock you up. So she leaves town. By the way, that lawyer, her name was Rosa Parks. Have you ever heard of Rosa Parks? Rosa Parks began her career as the lawyer for Reese Taylor. Now look, I know where I'm at. I get it. But the truth is the truth. And I don't care where we are. The truth is the truth. I just hope, I just hope that Reese Taylor died knowing that her truth, like the truth of so many other women who in those years were tormented and even now tormented goes marching on. That sounds so emotionally satisfying. I mean, I'm in. It was wrong. But you know what? It was wrong regardless of what she looked like and what they looked like. Hear me now. Please hear me before you write me completely off. If we want to give, the, as emotional as this is, if I want to say, yes, I'm in, I want you to think about this. Her truth, she was abused. What about those six guys that did what they did? And I don't care what they look like. What was their truth? Because you got your truth, I got my truth. We all got our own truth. You want to live like that? No, you don't. Because when the majority decides the truth is, you're the bad one, and we can do what we want with you because you're not going to like it. The truth is that what happened was wrong. 
But if you do not have a standard reference, if you do not have a standard of truth, I'm telling you right now, it's going to get ugly quick. Welcome to America 2012, where everybody can hold their own ruler up. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I'm telling you, we're just seeing the beginnings of the craziness. But isn't that what God told us was going to happen? Before the flood, how was it? Every thought was continually wicked. And we're freaking out? Hello? God told you this was going to happen, but he also told you that he's still in control. And we should know that. And if he's in control, I don't care how dark it gets. He's in control. And we have hope. Because we have a Savior named Jesus Christ. Why does truth matter? Well, let me give you an example. Elizabeth was a young lady who, she heard me speak at a camp in Ohio. And Elizabeth, no, 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 no. Elizabeth was a young lady that heard me speak out at Glendive, Montana. And she came up to me and she tells me her story. She was raised in the church, homeschooled. She goes to college her freshman year, English class, secular college. And the professor says, secular college, who wrote the book of Genesis? I got this. And for the next 30 minutes, that professor chewed her up and spit her out and mocked and ridiculed her. And she said, I never opened my mouth again in that class. You think truth mattered to her? She came up after I spoke and she said, that's the first time I've ever heard how to apply my faith in a real world. Apologetics is an important issue, ladies and gentlemen. It's an important issue with this generation. How about this one? How about this one? Molly. Now, Molly, Molly was interesting because Molly heard me at a camp, and um, she got so fired up, she was a sophomore in high school, that she went back to her public high school in Cincinnati, and she, for two years, two years, was in her principal's office to get him to allow me to come in and speak in this public school. After two years, her senior year, he finally let her on a Friday night, couldn't do it during school hours, on a Friday night, competing against a home basketball game. Miss Molly packed the place. She packed the auditorium. I came in and I'm like, okay, Molly, uh, what did you want me to speak about tonight? And she looked at me like I'm stupid. She goes, I want you to preach a gospel. Okay, Molly, this is a public school. Six months prior to that, I'd spoken in a public school. They gave me 30 minutes. By the time I got up, I had 25, so I was gonna abide by their time limits. I didn't talk about God, I didn't use the Bible, and they pulled the fire alarm after 10 minutes to get me out. I said, does your principal know that I'm going to preach the gospel? Yeah, and I want you to do an altar call in a public school. Her pastor was there, Scott Land, Pastor Scott Land. I said, Pastor Scott, Molly wants me to do an altar call, and I'm happy to do it, but I'm a butterfly. I'm here, I'm gone. These young people need somebody that's in this community that they can turn to. Would you do the altar call so that they have someone that they can come to? Yes. I'm not exaggerating. It's not Carl Kirby. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that after we did this, I walked out the side. You couldn't put any more people up in front of the platform that they had there. I walked out the side door, and I'm walking down the hallway, and the entire hallway had high school kids on their face in prayer. That was because of Molly being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. You think truth mattered to her? How about, how, about, how about Bethany? Bethany was at the exact same camp, exact same camp that Molly was at. She was a senior, though. She went to Auburn University. 
Six months later, I get an email from Bethany. I got it if you want to read it. Raised in a Christian home, Christian church, Christian school, chucking everything. I'm done. All these people that I know, they have answers for why they believe what they say they believe. I can, I can repeat what I heard somebody say, but I can't give an answer why I believe what I say that I believe. Is that all Christianity is? Is just to make me feel good? I worked with her for over a month and then she disappeared. I don't know where she is. I still pray for her. You better believe that. You think truth matters? How about Jesus? If Jesus didn't do what he said that he did on the cross, you know what the scripture says we are? To be pitied. We're to be pitied. You better believe truth matters. And because it matters, I genuinely believe that we have got to teach this generation how to apply their faith in the real world. Not just giving them platitudes, not just giving them quotes, but application. Memorization without application is worthless in my humble opinion. So, Carl, this is supposed to be feel good. Dude, you're beating us up. It's in right. Sometimes we have to address tough issues. I've got to finish because of time. You all want to eat pizza? I get it. I want to eat some pizza. The second talk isn't near this heavy. The second talk is addressing the claim that, oh, you can get something from nothing because I want you to think about this. How do you explain everything that we see in the world around us? There's only two ways that we got everything. In the beginning, or in the beginning, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to use the secular people and let them explain it and then critically evaluate it. And it's really sad. You have nothing to be ashamed of, Christian. You believe in a God that created the way that he said that he did? Guess what? The alternative is a whole lot worse. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Mr. Chris, thank you for letting me be with you. All right, so we're going to take a pizza break. Um, 